You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 228, with Jim Shields. And we want to welcome you to our family board meeting. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, all of you amazing abundant leaders out there? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community. And today we are holding a board meeting, one of the most important board meetings that you will ever attend. More about that in just a second. Ladies and gentlemen, I am absolutely positive you're going to love this conversation. I have to tell you, it does get a little bit explicit. A couple F-bombs are dropped, but for good reason. So please stay tuned because this is a very powerful conversation. But if the little ones are around and you don't want them hearing the F-bomb dropped by anybody else's mouth than yours, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about, then please put your headphones on or listen to this one when the little ones are not around. And check it out. I know others are going to want to hear this conversation. I know that they probably have not been connected with Men of Abundance yet because you haven't connected them. So be abundant in your actions today by paying it forward and share Men of Abundance with everyone in your circle. And be sure to drop by iTunes and leave a rating and review. I truly appreciate it. I seriously read every single one of them. I want to hear the good and the bad, mostly the good. Okay, just kidding. I really want to hear the good and the bad. I want to improve this show, if it can be improved at all. I want to make sure that I'm providing amazing conversations for you to grow and live your life of abundance so that you can go out and pay it forward as well. So basically, today's conversation is really about building strong bonds and strong relationships with your immediate family. And our feature guest today, Jim Shills, has a very unique way of doing that. Now, many of you may be doing something similar to this. You just don't call it the board meeting, but he's going to explain that. He gets deep into his kick in the gut moment. And of course, he's going to share some amazing wisdom from his beautiful wife. You are definitely going to want to get in on some of that. So our feature guest today, Jim Shills, has become known as the crazy glue for families. His popular board meeting strategy and other frameworks are helping thousands of business leaders and professionals worldwide reconnect where it counts most, at home. His company, 18 Summers, specializes in workshops and private consulting for individuals and organizations looking to strengthen their family lives while still succeeding in business. Jim's ability to build immediate trust and create consistent results for his clients and their children has given him the opportunity to work with top organizations around the world. Through working with families over the years, Jim has also become a leader in the movement to improve the education system for our children, a growing concern in many circles. Sharing his own family's journeys into alternative education and the creation of his education matrix, Jim shows parents how to get involved in their children's education without feeling overwhelmed and offers them a roadmap to ensure their kids are receiving the most important lessons rarely taught in school. 
In addition to family board meetings, Jim owns a private real estate investment company that has done more than $200 million in transactions. He is also the author of the number one parenting book, The Family Board Meeting. Jim is an avid surfer and enjoys traveling with family and friends, especially his beautiful wife, Jamie, and their four children, Alden, Leyland, Maggie, and Sammy. Jim's greatest adventure to date, donating a kidney to the greatest guy on the planet, his father. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Jim Shills. Jim, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? Good, good to have you here again, Wally. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Hey, so are you, we were talking pre-show, and I always ask everybody where you're at in the world, because most of the people I talk to, while they live in one place, they're usually traveling around and doing something exciting. So where are you at in the world today? I am home in St. Augustine, Florida, so right across the uh, the way from you, kind of. Yeah, absolutely, man, and uh, I- I'm digging it out here. I've, as we were talking pre-show, I've only been in Florida since mid-June, and uh, having never lived here before, just visited, and um, I'm kind of digging it. I like the daily thunderstorms and uh, the opportunity to get down to Orlando and you know hang out at the – I'm just a huge fan of all the um, theme parks and stuff. Yeah, me too. Well, and to live warm and by the water, subtropical was always my dream as a kid growing up in cold weather. So I wouldn't change it for anything. No, absolutely not. I love this type of uh, environment, which is why I moved here from Hawaii. I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, so it gets cool there in the winters. But man, that heat is just way too much for me, man. I hear you. I hear you. They, they say it's a dry heat, but I don't believe them. <laughs> it is. It, I'll tell you, I got to say, it is a dry heat. And the thing is, is what's different about the heat in Arizona as, com- as compared to heat here, even in the middle of the summer, is when you step in the shade, the temperature literally drops a good 10 degrees. Uh, here, you can step in the shade all you want. You're still going to feel that humidity. So it is, it is different, but I don't know. I just, I like a more, you know, I like to be near a large body of water. So if I'm going to be in a hot area, I got to be near the water. Yep. I hear you. I hear you on that. And Phoenix is plenty of beach, just no water. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So brother, before we get too much into our conversation, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today, man? Yeah, I am so grateful for my family right now. We just, it's, it is such a fun adventure we're having with our, our kids, my wife. I'm just so grateful that, and I actually said that to my wife when we were texting back and forth this morning, taking my littlest to preschool, just saying, man, this is this is the goods. This is so much fun. So we're just in a good spot at home right now, and I really, really am grateful for that. Man, that is so, so important. And that's what you do, by the way. So we're going to get into that, guys. We're going to talk more about specifically what Jim is up to and just helping people create these lives for themselves. And I'm here to tell you, speaking from experience for the last couple months, I get to walk my little guy to school. I actually ride our bikes to school. This morning after that, I got my middle son. We went down to the lake and went fishing. I caught a tiny little smallmouth bass, but it's not a, you know, they call it fishing mm-hmm. for a reason. But, you know, we're just hanging out and having a good time. And then I get a chance to get on here and talk to people like Jim. Uh, and this is just the life that I have created for myself. And it ha- it's been a long road 
coming. So we're going to talk more about how Jim does helps other uh, other families get together. You're known as the uh, the super glue for families. Is that what? <laughs> yeah, people <laughs> crazy glue, say, crazy glue crazy, for families. Crazy glue That's for even families. Yeah, that was kind of a funny one. So I said, I never thought of that, but I'll take it. I've been called a lot worse. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's got a good connotation to it, man. Crazy. I'm down with that. And uh, and anything that'll hold families together is just a huge plus. So, how would you describe yourself? I've been a full time entrepreneur for 19 years. Uh, I've had some incredible adventures in my life. Some of them. Uh, that were to a point of critical that really deepened the values that I have and the ones we'll be sharing today. Um, lucky to have a beautiful family. Uh, everyone, I believe, has a genius, Wally, where you don't have to push the ball uphill. And what I found is working with families for the last five or six years, um, especially entrepreneur families, I've just really developed a, a love and, a, and a, a talent for building trust and creating simple frameworks and rhythms that help strengthen family life. And that's what I love to do. My background is actually real estate investments, and I still have a, a real estate investment company. But this is this is the work that really uh, sparkles me. This is what really gets me engaged. So I, I love sharing. I love talking on on to groups like this. This is what it's all about. Yeah, and we're going to definitely get more into that. And one of the things that I really kind of jogged my head is when you were talking there and talking about, well, you got your real estate business and that's making money for you. And then you've got this love and this passion uh, of bringing families together and, and really being that crazy glue for the families. And that is just such a, a rewarding thing to do uh, personally. And I don't know about financially or not, but I know for myself and, and others that I talk to, regardless if you love the way that you earn an income, and some people talk about, you know, find your passion and you'll never work a day in your life and all this kind of stuff. I don't know if I really subscribe to all of that because what your skills are aren't necessarily going to be your passion, but you're good at it and it brings money into the house. And then that way you can do other things that you enjoy doing. So how did all that kind of come about? Is that any of that ring a bell or am I completely off track with that? No, I agree with you totally. I think there is, there's some merit, but not complete merit to that, you know, following your passion. Like for example, I love surfing. I surf mm -hmm. a few times a week, but Wally, no one's going to probably sponsor a 44 year old dad, uh, that's a, a decent surfer to go on tour. It's just not going to happen <laughs> now. But I can do lots of things around it that I love. I've taught people how to surf. I've done things. But I'm not going to be a pro surfer. And that's not putting myself down. It's just not my talent, skill set, or really purpose. So I'm with you that you don't always have to turn it into a business. Now, I, at first, when I first started working with families, that's, that's what uh, this all kind of fell into backwards. It was not like, oh, this is what I'm passionate about. The passion came out of other work that I was doing. It was actually going to events for personal development, wealth creation, where I was invited back to tell certain stories of our business success. And I was young and I've always looked young. When I was 18, I looked like I was 11. So it, it, so I think, I think that played to my part when I started to get on stage, all these parents would come up to me, Wally, and they'd say, geez, because I have a, I always try to talk at a fifth grade level. It's just something I learned years ago from a mentor of mine. I don't want to be oversophisticated. If I can talk at a fifth grade level, that's how most CEOs like it, most business owners like it to understand something. So my talks are very simple. And they said, oh, I wish my kid was here to hear that, my son or my daughter. And what I found uh, to, to really sum it up while he was, man, there were a lot of people who were successful on the balance sheet, but complete failures at home. Mm -hmm. they, they were disconnected. They had delegated themselves completely out of family life. They felt like a stranger. 
and you know, a year would go by one after another. And by, you know, by the fall, like or what we're going into now, I heard so many people say, man, by September, October, I felt like I'd already spent no time with my family and it made me feel guilty and depressed. And that frightened me because I didn't want to see that happen with my own family life. So I started to seek out mentors and rhythms and lessons that could help keep me not only successful in my career, but successful at home. And there's so little out there when it comes to this, Wally. When you're trying to exceed um, your your best in, in your career, but how do you keep that balance and success at home? And I don't even like the word balance. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine, Dan Martell, says integrated. I think that's really good. But there's not a lot of – there's tons of strategies out there to learn to invest in real estate or online marketing or whatever it is. But to be successful at home while holding a busy career, you don't hear a lot about that. And Mm -hmm. that's what I started doing this work with our company now called 18 Summers. And 18 – have you heard that expression before? I have not. No, absolutely. Oh, man. So you're a little guy that you walked to school this morning. How, How old is he? He's nine nine years old. Mm-hmm. So a mentor of mine years ago when I was doing some of my first talks on how to strengthen family life, 75 years old, incredible shape, still water skiing, successful guy, said, Jim, you are onto something with helping strengthen families. Because let me tell you something. If you remember nothing else, you have 18 summers mm-hmm. with your kids. 18. He says, you can believe me or not, Look, they're still your kids after the 18 summers. My daughters are still my daughters. We're close. I love them. But I'm telling you, it's different. Mm -hmm. Once they leave the house for their own adventures, the amount of quality time that you actually have the chance to have is diminished incredibly. So really grab those seasons that you have with them and make the most. Because too many people build their career saying, yeah, I'll get back to my family, back to my family. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, all 18 summers are gone or 15 of the 18 summers are gone. And they feel cheated. They feel depressed. They feel like they'd hand it back. So that one saying, that simple math equation, Wally, and I'm sure you'll think about it for the rest of the day because I know I did the first time that I heard it. You're going to say, gosh, my little guy seems still you know, young and, and vibrant and just like a little guy, but I only got nine summers left with him. And what that does is create positive urgency. That's what our business is all about, creating some positive urgency and then helping families set simple rhythms and frameworks in their life to make the most of the time we got. Yeah, I absolutely love that, man. And I've heard different um, forms of that, but I never thought about the 18 summers. And, you know, guys, people, I've heard this where they say, you know, the little things that you cherish in your life with your son, with your boys or your, your children, one day, and you're not going to realize when, it's going to go away. For instance, when I walk with my son, with my nine-year-old, he still wants to hold my hand. Uh, in the evening, like last night, he wanted to go to bed. And he was like, well, can I go to sleep with you? I put him in my bed. My wife was doing some stuff in the living room and stuff and doing her homework and everything for college. So we went and laid down and then I took him to his bed. One day, that's going to stop. Yeah. And it's never going to happen again. So I've got a 24-year-old, a 19-year-old, and a 9-year-old. So wow. I've got that gamut. And I definitely know my 19-year-old is still here getting ready to go into the Air Force. Uh, my oldest is in the Army. And, um, yeah, I definitely, my little guy is the one that I call them D1, T, D2, and D3 because they all start with Ds. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, D, D3, he, um, you know, 
he's the one that I've spent the most time with because I was deployed most of the time for the other two. Uh, yeah. and I was gone or whatever. So I definitely cherish my time with all my boys. In fact, my oldest is on his way. He's going to be coming down here for the weekend tonight, uh, which I'm excited about him and his wife. So it's those moments. But you're absolutely right, man. It's it's different. It's completely different. And when, Dylan, when D1 gets here, Dylan – you know, we just spend it. We just go out and do as much time, much things as we possibly can, and spend time together. And it's so, so important to be able to do that. But one of the things that you also mentioned that you talked about that I really love that you said, and I, and I always highlight this, is when you talked about you got mentors, you got, you had mentors and people telling you this stuff. And guys, this is where you got to understand, we can't always figure this stuff out ourselves, man. It's important to have those mentors in your life uh, to you know, that have been where you want to be or, or where you're at right now. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more and the importance of that? Yeah, I mean, there's mentors are a healthy shortcut. You're standing on the shoulders of people who have been there, done that. And there is no way without having specific mentors in my life that I'd be where I am. I wouldn't be able to take a call like this mid-morning on my terms, on my schedule, after spending time with the family this morning without mentors teaching me some tough lessons or or basically just saying take it or leave it this is the map mm-hmm. this is these are the principles that i know will either work for you or if you choose the opposite will work against you and you know that came through anything from man getting myself away from from negative influences of being a wild teen um to 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 um to surviving the 2008 meltdown i mean i was in real estate in in heavy investments in California and Florida, which was like the front lines of World War III. Yeah. Uh, so I had mentors that helped guide me through that very hard, delicate, frustrating time. Uh, and then I had mentors that helped me even with family life. You know, I've sought out a lot of mentors where people say, you have a lot of good ideas. And yeah, some of them are my own, and which has been super exciting to go back and teach some of my mentors things around family. But that all started with me being open to taking advice, to observing to listening, um, to admitting, like you said, I don't know it all. And I don't, I want to, these are the things I want. Who has that? And will they share openly with me of how they got it? Yeah. And you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta put some, uh, some, some blood, sweat and tears into the game too. You know, uh, sometimes you gotta put some money in the game. Some of these guys are willing to share, but their time, their time is important. Um, but you know, as I work with, because I too work with small businesses and stuff like that, and one of the things that I've noticed is when a small business owner is not doing well, they don't want to, like you just said, be willing to receive mentorship and be willing to listen and also be willing to admit, I'm not where I want to be. My business is not where I want to be. My life, my family life is not where I want it to be. That's number one. And I found in working with small business owners that many of them, they don't want to share publicly how well they're not doing. <laughs> yeah, It's yeah, embarrassing it's... and I get it. You know, so go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I've been behind closed doors with plenty of small business owners, mm-hmm. including myself when I started out. Yeah. And it is. There's two things of embarrassment to know that things aren't going right, which happens so much of the time. But if you'll just get some mentoring and course correction, it, it can be fixed beyond what you think because your thinking's not going to get you there because you can't see it. Uh, and secondly, so many small business people don't want to look at the numbers. 
They right. just don't want to oh, do it. It's a goodness. painful part. It's, but it's, I, I say it's almost like the, the brushing of your teeth. You mm-hmm. know, you got to stay in, in touch with it or it's, you know, like, or like showering. If you don't stay up with the numbers, you know, things aren't going to work out very well. Yeah. And, uh, and that's sometimes being a small business owner, you, you want to excel in the things that you like to do, but there's certain things. And again, polling and working with so many of them, the numbers, be willing to not necessarily have to do your books or your own accounting, but understand your numbers, see what's happening, ask questions, you know, have a set rhythm on a weekly basis of going over your numbers with your bookkeeper. Cause if you just put your head in the sand, you're really, you're kidding yourself. And that's a terrible feeling. Well, not to mention in my experience, the numbers are where the, um, where the revenue's at. And if they're not looking at the numbers and well, you know, I ask, I have these 10 basic questions that I ask everybody before I'm going to get started with them. And it's very basic stuff about their business. Uh, and I go much more in depth. I have a much larger, much uh, more in depth um, an, um, audit that I have them self audit and then we review it together. But those 10 basic questions, like how many leads do you get? What's your, you know, biggest market point? You know, all these basic questions, they don't know the answers to. But what I found too is when, Business owners, they're not doing well in their business. Their natural inclination is to put more time into the business, which mm-hmm. then takes time away from family and takes time away from their health. And ultimately, one of, the, one of the two or both end up suffering, the family and the health, for the business, and they're not getting any more revenue. They're, they're just not growing the way they think they are, and they're just spending all the time in the business. What's your experience with that, and how do you kind of help them out with that? Well, you bring up a really powerful point, and it's almost this badge of honor for a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners to say, I put in 90 hours this week. Mm. And I always say, yeah, but what if you could have put in 55 and gotten the same results? Right. So who's getting cheated? Now your family's getting put to the side. And and what I decided a long time ago, and this is is hard, again, and we'll talk about this today, I'm sure. Even when you're building a business, there are certain – powerful, simple rhythms that you can put into your family life where you don't have to go disconnected. You don't have to feel like a stranger, no matter how busy you are, no matter how little money your business is making um, at the time. um, You can put certain rhythms in place. And what I found is grinding it out, Wally, I'm I'm a fire red entrepreneur in a lot of ways, and I like to go after it I've never been accused. I've, I've been accused of, you know, being a bad student and this and that, but never lazy. I was never lazy. I, but sometimes grinding it out actually can be a bad thing because exactly what you described, where they say they're not getting business results, so they just go harder. It's like, again, trying to chop down the tree with a dull axe. So, what I had to do years ago in my own head and mindset was take a shift. And the shift for me, Believe it or not, it's silly as it is, but I started to share with people like, oh my gosh, I've never forgot that example, was The Godfather, the movie The Godfather. So look, Sonny Corleone, for anyone out there that's watched The Godfather, he's a terrible guy. I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't a good uh, husband example or father or anything, but he said something in a part of the movie that I took back and put into my own context and has changed my my integration of of work and family. And if you remember the Godfather, the Tatalia family, I believe, did a hit on his life, almost killed him. Sonny's going all out to avenge his father. And Tom Hagen, the conciliar of the of of 
the, the Corleone family says, look, Sonny, we're losing a ton of money. Um, you know, we're, it's, we have to keep the business going. Da-da. And he says, you know, you can't just spend all this because of your family or whatever. And, and Sonny just looked at him and said, ah, you know what? Well, then business is going to have to suffer. And although he was a terrible godfather, not a good guy, that one line where he said, look, I'm going to do whatever I can to protect my father, avenge my father. And this isn't about vengeance or anything, but business is going to have to suffer. So what I actually started to say to myself, Wally, is because that little grind out guy on your shoulder, he can serve you or he can not serve you. So if you're putting your little guy to bed and you're reading him a story and all of a sudden that little grind out guy is sitting on your shoulder saying, hey, you didn't answer that email. Oh, you should have texted that guy. Now you're mentally absent. You're Mm -hmm. not emotionally there for him. And you're feeling guilty like, oh, I need to grind it out. Oh, I can't be home tonight because I need to just sit there and do useless emails that could wait till tomorrow. And so what I've started to say to myself is I just hear that little voice say when I feel that those urges come up, ah, then business is going to have to suffer. Yeah, all right. Well, then business is going to have to suffer. And that scares the hell out of entrepreneurs. But what Mm -hmm. I found is by me no longer being willing to put my family on that sacrificial altar in the name of business – some things started to happen, Wally. I started to make better decisions. I started to make harder decisions of, for example, A players only. Sometimes as small business owners or entrepreneurs, we carry people. Mm-hmm. And we, we, are, we don't want to make that cut. And I said, no, nope, A players only or it takes away from my family. And it started to make me think differently, to make better decisions, to be more strategic, uh, to talk to more mentors, to ask those hard questions about the numbers, because I was no longer allowing my family to suffer. I just said, ah, business is going to have to suffer, not my family. And being that entrepreneurial spirit still within me, uh, there was conflict. And I said, well, I don't want business to suffer, so I'm not going to let my family, but how could I do it differently? And hopefully that makes sense. It's a simple little example, but I literally have this little guy on my shoulder now that at certain points when I am supposed to be there for my family, present for my family, on date night weekly with my wife, business is going to have to suffer mm-hmm. if if that's the case. And and what I've learned is it usually doesn't have to. It usually gets better because now you're giving your that self that reward of what you really did it for in the first place. Most of us went into small business because we wanted those freedoms to be with family, to provide certain things that we probably didn't have. So anyway, that's kind of my schmeal on that. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, if you're struggling with this conversation right now and you're not getting it, then you've, you have not put this into practice. Those of us who get it, and I 100% get that, that's where this whole Men of Abundance project and podcast and community and everything came from for me. And you you just got to trust the process. You really do. I mean, it just ultimately so many people say, well, I always tell your spouse, I'm doing this for the family. I'm doing this for the family. Well, your family's growing further and further away from you. So you might want to rethink that. Now, there are people out there like one of the biggest names I'll think I can think of is like Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, Gary spends a lot of time. He knows Monday through Thursday, his family knows he's balls to the walls business 100% but Friday afternoon Friday evening through the weekend and then he takes his two you know weeks during the two weeks during the year for his you know full-on vacation they know he's given them time that works for him and it works for his family but he's communicated that with his family and that's the big deal that's the big that's the big difference so you know you just got to do what works for you and keep your pulse keep the pulse on your family. So Jim, we're going to transition here just a little bit. 
is, as you know, I like to get into this kick in the gut moment. And I know after everything you've done, you've already mentioned the 2008, you know, whole World War III going on for you. Um, but I'd like for you to share a kick in the gut moment with us, either in, during that time frame or something else personal, and uh, really make us feel that. Yes. So, you know, 2008, that was a, that was a defining year of, of unwanted entrepreneurial courage where most people around us gave up. I refused, uh, probably because it wasn't just my money. It was a lot of family and friend money and we had done well together for years. And I just, if it had been my own, I would have given up, but I couldn't do that to the people around me. So we fought through against all odds and came across the other side. Um, but past that punch in the gut or kick to the gut awakening came about a year or two later. That's when I met my, my wife. Um, and we, uh, we have four children, two adopted and two biological. Um, my wife was married young in a very bad situation. Uh, courageous, strong, beautiful woman got stood up, got out of it, got full custody of her, her two boys. And I met her a few years later. Um, so when I was in the process of recovering my business, um, I was also in the process of now at their request, adopting my, my two oldest sons. Uh, and I also was in the beginning processes of being approved to a, donate a kidney to my father. So I had a lot of heavy things. It wasn't like a kick to the gut, Wally. It was like a, a three-punch combo. Mm -hmm. um, rebuilding the business in the process of adopting these two beautiful young boys, you know, seven and five years old, um, mm -hmm. who, I who I – yeah. Oh, so much fun. And again, you want to talk about 18 summers. I said, man, I'm adopting them now. I've already missed, yeah. you know, a, a, too six. many. Yeah. So it really took me, you know, to a different level of priority. And then going through this situation with my father where we had to, the stubborn old Irishman wasn't going to accept the kidney. And we hadn't been exactly close growing up, but this brought us to a new level. And, you know, when you get, you have to sign a piece of paper at the hospital saying, look, we're really good at this, but you might die. You got to get your affairs in order. Um, it brings you to a different level. At least it did for me. And those combinations of restoring a business and adopting my two sons and getting ready to donate a kidney to my father put things in a different priority, Wally. I, I mean, I, I, I'd like to think I was always a grounded person with certain core values that I really stuck to. But man, that period just absolutely solidified. And I just knew there was no substitute for quality time when it came to my most important relationships. And at the end, there's that thing of who's going to cry when you die. And those are the people I'm going to give the most time to. And, and that's what came out of that era for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of lessons learned there. You already brought up, a, you know, one big one, which is time is everything. Um, that quality time with family. What are some of the lessons learned you get out of that whole process? Um, vulnerability is key. I mean, the, the conversations I had with my father uh, were were absolutely stunning. Because when you're when my dad grew up in the Bronx, New York, tough military like you, Wally, and lost his father at a young age, Irish Catholic. I mean, your 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 right arm could be falling off, and everything's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, to talk about that vulnerability, but we had to talk on a beach that actually. We created into something called the connection formula now. But I basically said to my dad, look, if, if we're going out, I don't want to go out a stranger. I don't know who you are and you don't know who I am. And we just on in one day on the beach, 
surpassed 35 years of experience together. Mm. Um, and that was a big one. And then for me, adopting my sons, I am a, I'm very, very strong-willed and, and principled in certain things. Like I've been told I'm a protector. Um, and I had a very hard decision uh, that I had to make. Um, you know, I fell deeply and madly in love with my wife. I had actually have an incredible story. I won't go over here. I had written about her years ago to a T. And nine years later, I engaged to her and handed her this piece of paper dated that described her to a T. Um, but with, when adopting my boys, um, I had a lot of anger, Wally, um, a lot, because for what my wife went through, and I don't sit lightly on certain things, which I'm sure probably resonates with a lot of guys out there. And I, I was capable when I found out about some of the things my wife had to get go through, and now my sons, I, I was capable of 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 some very very damaging things. I could have I I could have probably killed the person who did it to them, mm-hmm. my wife's ex. Um, I was that angry or I could have put him in jail. I had the choice of either one, but I didn't want to create any more pain and embarrassment for my wife. And what I found was, and this was really hard for me, um, you know, kind of being like that little Notre Dame guy, the fighting Irishman, I either could seek revenge or choose love. And I couldn't have both because, uh, just to be real coy, what if I had acted on my instincts of anger and protection and, and gone after him and there had been some bad sort of assault or even something worse do you really think a judge would have given me granted me the right to adopt those boys absolutely not absolutely not not a chance mm-hmm. um would it cause more pain and embarrassment i've never said a bad word to to the boys about him they they've had conversations with me in in recent years but never said a bad word because i don't like to wouldn't want to put them down I just drew a line in the sand to protect them and love them, and it never crossed. But I still had that urge for vengeance. Um, and I had to choose. I had to choose, Wally, because there was there was no in-between. And I look back now, and I'm like, wow. You know, I was class clown. I wasn't, wasn't a, you know, a violent person. But I really felt like I was brought to the level of violence when I found these things out. And um, if I had acted upon them, I would have never got to it adopt the boys or even worse. Maybe I'd be trying to have a relationship with them talking behind a piece of glass. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's, that's a scary thought, but I'm just being very honest. And I think every man out there can identify when it yeah. comes to that level. Oh, absolutely. And unfortunately, many men and women for that matter have, have taken, let their emotions get the best of them and they're not in a good position right now. Yeah. So Thank you for the permission to swear, Wally. And it has a purpose, though. And again, I'm Irish, so the F-bomb is like the word the in Ireland. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you know. Yeah. So but my wife, who who taught me and say sometimes before forgiveness, to, to get yourself in the right position to, for, to protect yourself, to uh, you, you have to find your fuck you. You have to find your fuck you. And my wife taught me that in certain situations before forgiveness and moving on, you got to find your fuck you. You got to draw the line in the sands, which she did stood up, protected herself, protected her, her, the, the two young boys that I've now since adopted, you know, and stood up and got out of there, but she had to find her fuck you to get out. And now since, I mean, again, this is a Waldorf principal, beautiful girl, one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. 
um, a big backbone in our whole 18 Summers family movement. Um, she she holds no grudges, could 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 care less, is focused on the now and that. But she to get to this point for her and I to be able to meet, she she had to find her fuck you, and and I know she started to more share this story and help girls in similar situations. And it starts with that point. Look, forgiveness is something that I really had to work on um, because it was either revenge or forgiveness. There was no in between because it would have been such an extreme. I would not have gotten what I really wanted if I chose vengeance. I know it. It would have been really bad. Uh, but but for with with what my wife taught me is like forgiveness is great and it's come since but in order to get away, if you're in a hot area, which you being military, Wally, I know you'd understand, you got to find your fuck you before you find anything else sometimes to get the people you love safe, to get yourself safe, to to be able to help others. You got to be able to help yourself first. And sometimes it involves that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might seem kind of strong. But believe me, it's the most loving how it would have been if my wife hadn't, what, what could have happened to her? I mean, it, it literally could have ended in a homicide for her. It could have ended in awful things for my, for my two boys. And I would have never gotten to, to love them, to be with them, to have these adventures. So thank God that she found her. Fuck you. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of ladies out there that need to do the same, uh, because there's certain things that are absolutely not okay. Just 100% clear as a bell addiction abuse, just not okay. And and finding your fuck you can be the greatest gift you'll ever have for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. And the thing is, is, you know, the pursuit of vengeance and hate, it's debil- de- very debilitating. Um, it takes a toll on the health. It takes a toll on you. You're just never happy uh, yep. if that's your pursuit. <laughs> if that's your goal yeah. in life is is vengeance and, and to hate somebody to the extent that they do, it just... It's a terrible, terrible place to be, and nobody wants to be around that. No. So you talked quite a bit about the 18 summers, and I want you to share a little bit about this, uh, where this whole this book and this whole idea of the family board meeting come from, because you got the book, the family board meeting. You have 18 summers to create lasting connection with your children. I'm just intrigued by that, and I want to know where that came from. You've already talked a little bit, a little bit about it, I'm sure. Yeah, so the family board meeting was a strategy I started um, about eight years ago uh, with with my sons when they came into my life uh, because we were newly together. You know, we hit it off famously right away, uh, Wally. I was so lucky. We're the l- luckiest blended family. You know, I biological adoptive. We are cohesive, and that's one. And, but that's eight years to today. When we first came on the scene, although we hit it off famously, both the boys had trust issues, and I was reviving this business. Uh, and I wanted to make sure that I spent time with them uh, to to try to break down some walls. You know, that time they had gone through before I was there, it it had you know bothered them. Especially my oldest son, Alden, had been the hardest on. Uh, and when when I first came into his life, he was a terrible student, close to failing. He suffer uh, he was put on the spectrum at school and I can't stand that word but he's put on the spectrum at school for for autism mm. and he suffered every night from night terrors and if you don't know what those are they're awful this kid wakes up for a few hours can take them hours to get back to sleep absolutely terrible situation uh, i knew these things could change and and i just didn't think that medication and therapy were what would need it they needed a male figure in their life that they could have fun with feel safe and appreciated that simple and so uh, the first Christmas together, I actually handed out these little quality time coupons 
where they were, you know, every quarter, which they didn't know what a quarter was, but I said, look, every few months we're having a day, just us, you plan the day, my phone goes off and we're just going to have fun together. And so these began to be known as board meetings, um, a play on words, you know, a board meeting mm-hmm. with companies is an important meeting where they usually meet every quarter to reunite the team, look ahead to the next 90 days. Us surfers call them board meetings when we get together to surf. Anyway, it's just an important meeting, whether you call it a dad day or daddy daughter date, whatever. This is what we would do. And this simple rhythm, Molly, of getting together one on one with no phone, letting them choose a fun activity of their choice and having time to talk at the end, which is basically our entire family board meeting strategy, totally changed our family life. And on these few meetings in that first year with my oldest son, one year later, he went from failing to being the most improved student in the third grade. He got this little award, he was beaming. Uh, They retracted the diagnosis of autism, Mm -hmm. which is very rare. I knew it wasn't autism. It was stress-related, and it could be overcome, and it was. And probably most rewarding for my wife and I, within a year, the night terrors were completely gone. And I would have given up my entire real estate portfolio for those results, but I didn't have to. And the breakthroughs occurred, Wally, by setting these moment points of connection of quality time, of one-on-one time, without my phone distracting a certain text, of letting them choose the day and me having fun along with it. And then after I've earned the right, have the time to have a little conversation at the end. That was it. And once I saw these, I mean, I couldn't talk about this, these results, Wally, for the first two years I got on stage when people like, you have to share this, you have to share it. It was very uncomfortable for me, my wife. I mean, I broke down crying the first time on stage in front of 600 people. Awful feeling, awful. But I still have people from that event contact me today, say that totally changed the way I looked at my family. I've still been doing your family board meeting strategy every quarter with my kids. Let me tell you what they opened up to me about. Let me tell you the breakthrough that I had. Let me tell you what they came back and told me four years later. So it works. And it's a simple rhythm that anyone, no matter how busy they are, can put into practice. Yeah, that's just amazingly beautiful, man. And one of the biggest things I'm really big on the uh, the fact that what many of our young men are missing these days, by and large, is a strong man in their life. And you just brought that. And, and you know, all these antidepressants and all these drugs and ADHD and, you know, misdiagnosis for autism and everything else, much of it, so much of it can be fixed simply by bringing families back together and having these board meetings and having these date nights and all this kind of stuff, but having a strong man in the family. And I just feel that that is just so amazing that you're able to do that and did it for these young boys. Yeah, thanks. Can I, and one thing that I was thinking of Wally from us talking, I have a number of friends, um, like, like yourself that have grown kids and everyone says, Oh, I've missed the 18 summers. Oh, you know, I love the idea of the family board meeting and getting together with them you know, my kids every day, every 90 days, one-on-one with no phone, doing a fun activity that they choose. And we just have a great time together and time to talk. Well, that's a little tougher with, with, with grown kids, but I have a few friends that actually started to uh, adopt a, a new strategy around it. where just once a year, literally once a year. Like I'm thinking of a friend of mine, Kevin, that just texted this morning to say, Hey, Amazon just sent me as the recommended book of the week, your book. And that was pretty exciting because he's one of the first people that started using it. Six kids, youngest, I believe is 23. So they're all grown up into their thirties. 
What Kevin does is once a year, once a year, they each get a day where it's just dad and each one of the kids one-on-one, their phones are off, his son or daughter chooses the day. Whatever they want to do, wherever they want to go, wherever they live, he's going to. And they're spending a day with no spouses, no siblings, no friends. It's just them one-on-one doing something fun and enjoying the day together without the phone or technology distraction. And he's saying it has been the absolute Mm. anchor of the relationship. Because look, big family gatherings are wonderful. I mean, I got 40 cousins on one side of my family. I know about big families. But man, one-on-one can be the magic sauce. You got to separate the parts to strengthen the whole. So even if your kids are grown out there, one day a year, you put that family board meeting strategy to work, I can show you the letters, the notes from both the adult and the now grown-up kid, what it does to their relationship. Because one-on-one time is magic. It just it just takes the puts the magnifying glass on the relationship, gets you below the surface, and it just it, it strengthens you at the core. Man, and I know some of you guys out there are doing just like I am, just kind of brainstorming some amazing things you could do with your older son or daughter, man. <laughs> it's just one of the things I was just thinking of actually is I just recently watched the movie Tag. Have you seen that movie? I haven't. I I love comedies though, so Dude, I, it is on my look. Those guys, man. You know the premise of this. If, for those of you who don't know, Tag, you got to check it. I didn't know. My boys introduced me to it. Is it these these grade school friends? I think it's four or five friends. Um, they've been playing tag since they were like nine. And for the last 30 years, they continue to play tag every month of May. They, <laughs> no matter where they're at, they, they, they play tag. And it's a, it's a true story. It's That's based hilarious. on a true story. And these guys just show up. One's a CEO of a business and it's just crazy. And they just show up out of nowhere and say, tag, you're it. Then they got to go tag the other guy. Well, the thing is, one of those guys have never been tagged ever. And you just got to watch. It's freaking hilarious. It's such a good. Now, it's not for kids. No, no. <laughs> it's not Most for kids. I'll, I'll throw that out there. Uh, but it, it would be something, you know, something like that would be really cool to do, too, as a, you know, um, with your siblings or with your own siblings. Because we're talking about our your children. But this is just as important with your siblings as well, I would think. So or I do think I, I'm positive of that. So I think it'd be a great thing to do. One other thing I want to talk with you about that. I just is another passion of mine that you do is you basically share your own family's journey um, and basically about alternative education. What is that and where did that come from? Wally, I just, I couldn't do the dog and pony show anymore. And I started to see such a disconnect between the education that I found after I wasn't required to be a student and was never given to me in formal education and the stuff that really made the difference for me and my career pursuit, my personal pursuits. And for formal education, I just felt they were missing the mark. There's so many important subjects that are missing. And we have to be able to handle the practical affairs of life. So I actually interviewed hundreds of entrepreneurs um, before I started doing these, these alternative lessons with my own sons and daughter now. And, you know, we all go through certain things. I'm like, tell me about the toughest times in your life. Kind of like what you're doing while you kick to the gut. Well, most of these times include anything from periods of rejection, loss, abuse, mistakes that we've made that go against our core values, um, periods of unknown in our life, periods of heavy transition, um, really bad relationships or bad breakups or, you know, relationship troubles, um, financial crisis, 
uh, sickness and death. Like these are ones that just constantly came up, came up. And what I found is we don't really prepare. Our, these are the practical affairs of life. We can help our kids avoid some of these with better education or be able to better handle these situations. But these are the practical affairs of life, as wonderful as life is. So we want to prepare them and we want to help them avoid. And what I found is actually this matrix of education that I put together. There's three subjects that are never rarely taught, maybe not never, but rarely taught in school that have made all the difference for me. Really, besides, you know, specialized skills like learning how to speak on stage, learning how to invest in real estate. Those, those are the garnish, the meat and potatoes that really give those strength are having a deep foundation in personal development, financial intelligence and relationship skills. And that's on the personal and professional side, because the hell with this, like, oh, we want our kids to be the CEO of the company. Great. Do you want to be the CEO of the company if he's he's uncomfortable in his own skin? He's a jerk to people. His relationships are in the toilet. And even though he makes a lot of money, he spends even more and he's actually broke and and hiding it from everyone. That makes no sense to me. So what I found is if we can start our kids young. And just, again, I go in 90-day increments. There's lots of science behind it. If every 90 days I can teach my kids one lesson in financial intelligence, I can teach them one lesson in personal development. You know, that old Socrates, I'm sorry, um, it wasn't Socrates. Was it Socrates? Yeah, know thyself. You know, we, we learn about every other person in history except for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have the most history with. That's what we have to live with the most. What makes us tick? What are we naturally good at? What are our strengths, weaknesses? Learning about our own emotional awareness, our own emotional intelligence, um, and then relationship skills. You know, if you can't relate with people, um, you're not going to do very well on the personal, professional side, achievement-wise, nor fulfillment-wise. Forget about if achievement. Um, people want to feel connected. They want to have deep relationships that are meaningful, enjoyable, adventurous. And, but we're never taught that. It's such an important part of our lives. We're never really formally trained in it. So for me, we use a lot of different forms of education, but I am very involved with my kids' education because I feel it's my duty as a parent. Like I, as an entrepreneur, I'm not going to subcontract out um, my business needs to a government agency. I love the United States, but I don't like certain ways that certain government agencies handle their money. Mm. I think I'd be broke. Um, so I'm not going to subcontract out, uh, my, my kid's education completely to the government either. We, as parents, who said we were supposed to delegate out all of our kids' educational needs to the government or fancy private schools? What are the lessons that you've learned that your kids are not getting that they absolutely, if they're over the age of 11, will get, will understand, will resonate to? It's probably something in those three areas, personal development, financial intelligence, uh, and relationship skills. And my goal, Wally, is to make sure when my kids leave the house at the age of 18 or 19, they have a solid core in those three areas. And if they do, I think they have better odds of being successful and grounded both in the professional side of life and the personal side of life. And I want both. I don't want one or the other. I want to see them have it in both. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely love it. I totally agree. And that's, you know, my little guy, uh, he'll get out here. He'll have toys that he's not played with in forever. And he'll, he'll set up a little booth out front and start selling them. And what I may, what I think is really cool about it is one, he's out there doing it, but my, many of my neighbors are also entrepreneurs or business owners or whatnot. And they'll pull up and they'll be like, Oh my God, I love this kid, man. And they'll give him like 20 bucks for a couple of 50 cent toys, you know? And you know, I'm kind of like, well, shoot, I wish they'd really give him. One of them did sit there and lecture him on how, what things are worth. Um, but I let the 
my community teach that to him as well. But he sees me. He sees what I do. And we talk a lot about that too. But it's said that most people, I don't know about most, I don't want to put people in a, you know, overgeneralized, but I know a lot of people use school just as nothing more than the daycare, especially yeah. public schools. You know, yeah. that's really all that there's like, you know, don't talk to them. my parents didn't talk to me. If my, one time my parents asked me how was school today and I knew something was up because <laughs> that was the day my, my brother and I ditched school. And I guess the school, the school must have called. You can't do that these days. You get a text message as soon as your student's not in school, but or your child's not in school. But back in the day, you know, I just didn't my parents didn't care that much about it. Therefore, I didn't, quite frankly. Because yeah. I didn't do well in school. So, brother, we are going to transition, man. I want to uh, pay it forward to our abundant leaders. You ready to do that? Sure. Excellent. All of you amazing small business owners out there, I want to talk to you for just a second. Are you still having fun in your business? Is it still as fun as you thought it would be two, three, four, five years ago when you first got started? Chances are, if it's not, it's because you're not making the revenue that you thought you would. You're putting more hours in than you ever imagined that you ever would put into a job. And you're just really just kind of keeping it afloat. And that's not a great way to live. I want to help you with that. I want you to have as much fun as I'm having on a daily basis. I don't know that you'll ever be able to work out of your home like I do because of the nature of your business. But I want you to be able to spend more time with family and improve your health instead of degrade your health through spending more time at work, more time in the business. I want you working on your business instead of in your business. Now, if this is your first exposure to me, chances are you don't know me from anybody. And I totally get it that you would question, who is this Wally guy? What can he really do for me? So here's what I'm going to do for you, for all of you. I'm going to offer you 30 days free into two of my programs, my DIY program and my group mastermind program. I'm not going to lay it all out right here because I want to get back to the conversation, but go to menofabundance.com and click on the AP Mastery tab at the top of the page. I've put a short video there introducing myself, and I've put some more information there that you can evaluate and take a look at what it is that I can do for your business. And look, I am willing to work with you for 30 days because I am very confident of the results that I can give you in your business in the first 30 days of you working with me. In fact, on our first 45-minute conversation, I'm going to show you where you have ten dollars to $50,000 hidden in your business. That's child's play for me. I'm not only going to show you where that's at, I'm going to give you strategies on how to uncover that money that's hidden in your business. Now, you can either go to the show notes of this episode or go to menofabundance.com and click on the AP Mastery tab at the top of the page. Now, let's get back to the conversation. So share one to three actionable steps that Men of Abundance can take today. Okay, number one, if you're beating yourself up because you haven't been spending time with your family, stop. Just stop. Again, like we were talking about forgiveness, you, you messed up. We all mess up. Um, you're probably being harder on yourself than than you should in a lot of cases I've seen. So just stop. Stop digging. Look at today and moving forward. The second thing, pick one or two powerful rhythms to start keeping in your family life. The two that I believe in the most is every week I go on date night with a question with my wife. Because a mentor of mine told me, if you're too busy to keep dating your wife, you're too busy to stay married. And that hit me. 
every night. Last night was date night, Wally, every Wednesday night. I'm unavailable from 5.30 to 8.30. We went out to dinner, and we do date night with a question. We ask each other one to two powerful questions that we pull offline or whatever at the date. That way we want to make sure we're not saying, how was how are the kids' day at school today? How was the weather today? We don't want to hit those surface questions. Life's too short. So we find powerful questions that we can ask each other. And think about it. If you do that every week, 52 weeks later, you're going to know 52 the answers to 52 powerful questions with your wife. And you'll have kept that alone time together every week. So date night with a question and try our family board meeting strategy or any other rhythm. One to two rhythms that are non-negotiable you're going to set in your family life. That absolutely has to be done. And and third, especially this being men of abundance, I, look, I'm not saying to become a blubbering mess and, and turn on old yeller and cry every time in, in front of your kids or anything like that, but you got to be vulnerable. This the, These images, from what I've learned, is a lot of our, our desire to be strong, to be protectors. Our kids, at least from what I've seen from people I've worked in my own, if you appear as Superman, and I actually talk about in my book, like one of the first board meetings I went out with my son, he actually said, Dad, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He said, have you ever been afraid? And I've never been so ashamed in my life, Wally, because he couldn't relate to me because I put up this image like nothing's putting me down. And not that you can't be courageous, not that you can't be strong, but to be able to say to him, yeah, I'm going through a hard time right now at work. And it's just, I'm a little nervous about this. I know I'm going to get through it, but I just wanted to let you know that's what's going on. It's nothing here. And I apologize if I've been absent. Being a little bit vulnerable goes a long way. And for young men, especially, and women who are, who are you know, in those preteens and teen years, it shows, it shows you're human. So I would really encourage people, be okay with a little vulnerability. It's not going to weaken you. It's going to strengthen you, especially that relationship. Yeah, that is awesome. And I'll add to that just briefly. One of my favorite comments, and I picked this up along the way as well. It's nothing I came up with. But um, one of my answers to some of their questions is, I don't know. Let's learn it together. Yeah, and Because exactly. I don't know. I just don't. Or Because what I would do in the past was, I don't know. Next. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it at that. I don't yeah, know. Let's no, learn no. it together. And That's like, powerful. I like that. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. What daily habits make the biggest impact in your life? Uh, exercise and meditation are two big ones for me. I'm a really big fan of that. Um, my wife and I, I'm not necessarily a religious person, Molly, but we have a, my wife and I have a, a, a rhythm every morning. We wake up and for five minutes before our feet even hit the ground, we hold each other. We say, uh, like a prayer of gratitude and thanks, and then our hit f- feet hit the floor, but not beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, you know, those things. I also am a big believer in the five minute journal. I'm friends with the guys who created that. If you ever heard of that, people can mm-hmm. look it up. The five minute journal. It's a great way to write out some of the things you're grateful for, some uh, affirmations, which have been proven by science to be a huge wind at your back uh, when you take them seriously. Uh, and so I'm a big fan of that as well. So meditation, exercise. Uh, kind of again, I'm actually in. Uh, Hal Elrod's a good friend of mine. Uh, Miracle Morning, mm-hmm. and um, that's something I'd tell people to look at as well. That morning ritual, that morning warm up, God, that gets the day going, and that's something that I think absolutely is a, a changer to anyone's life if they start the day right. Yeah, absolutely. I love the Miracle Morning, and um, um, Cameron Harold's one of my past guests as well. He co-wrote uh, Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Cameron's a friend of mine, and he is a, a proud supporter of our family board meeting strategy. He was one of the first ones. Cameron and I spoke together at an event in Canada many, many years ago when one of the first times I gave my talks, and he was there to see me shed tears, and uh, he's <laughs> – He's been a supporter and practicer of our family board meeting strategy ever since. He's He's been very good to us. Wonderful. Yeah, Cameron's good people, man. So you've already mentioned a couple of great books, uh, but what else are you reading or listening to that you'd recommend to our abundant leaders and why? Uh, right now with my sons, I'm reading uh, a book called The Empowerment Dynamic, TED, The Empowerment Dynamic. Uh, it's a really, really, really good book about how to go from living your life as a victim to creating the life that you want. It's in a story form. I'd highly recommend it. I don't have it sitting in front of me in my office, uh, but again, my sons and I read a very slow, deep dive, slow digest into a book every 90 days, and that's the one we're doing right now. Highly recommend it. It was in a leadership program I took with a top group of entrepreneurs, and it's a fantastic book. Very cool. Yeah, I'll check that out. I haven't heard of that one, but I'll have that linked up in the show notes as well, guys. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Uh, belief in themselves and the fact they deserve, you know, that they don't deserve it. They have this thing that I don't deserve it. Why me? And lack of belief in themselves. Um, I think that's it. Or, or also getting back to the education. I honestly believe we're not realizing the most important lessons and giving priority to them. I think most people never, ever realize the importance of the subject of personal development, relationship skills, or financial intelligence. And if they did, a lot of things could click into place for them. Absolutely. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you? Uh, for me, it just means the freedom to, to do things on my own terms, uh, to spend time with my family the way I want to, to be able to take the adventures I had always dreamed of. Uh, to put my unique talents and abilities to work um, and give value add, uh, to be able to help people in causes that I care about. Uh, that's that's a life of abundance for me. I'm not a big material guy, Wally. I'm just not. I like surfboards. I like. I have a couple collector surfboards, um, but I'm not a big material guy. I'm an experience guy, and I just love sharing experiences with close family and friends. That that is a life of abundance when I have the financial resource and space and relationships to be able to do that. That that's that's the cream of the crop for me. Man, that's beautiful. So we're going to close this up, brother. And before we do, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? Yeah, I would just, again, if there's anything, rhythmize your life around around your highest priorities, whether it's business or family. Set a couple of powerful rhythms and stick with them. You'll be amazed at the wind that starts to build at your back pretty quickly too. Uh, that's been my experience and a lot of other people's experience. Um, and you can look us up on 18 summers if you want to 18 summers.com. If you want to get more information on that, that's not a pitch, but I know it's just, there's, there's just not a lot out there to support this personal family side of the game. Um, especially for entrepreneurs. So, um, yeah, hopefully that can help you. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely have that linked up in the show notes as well. I'm sitting here. I actually got the page up in front of me right now, and it is absolutely beautiful. Uh, I love the page, you and your beautiful wife, Jamie. Just I dig I dig the whole thing. I dig everything that you have going on there. So, guys, go there and make sure you check that out. Give some support to that. And, man, just get into your family life. My thing is, is 
once we enhance a man's life and enhance their family, it just trickles out into the community, the city, the, you know, the state. And then it's just what the world needs is to bring these families, the family unit back together uh, in so many ways. And even though it's not your family right there living with you, like we talked about earlier, your older kids, your siblings, so on and so forth, you got to do what you got to do to get people together and create experiences and collect experiences, not stuff. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Outstanding. So it's been a great conversation, man. Go out and live your life of abundance. And man, Jim, just keep paying it forward because you are making a huge difference. Thanks. I appreciate it. You too. All right, guys. So your action step today, obviously, is to figure out some way to hold a board meeting or even figure out some way unique to yourself, to your own family situation, to reconnect or connect even better and build the bonds and relationships within your family. Everything I've done throughout my life, I've always said, I'm doing it for the family. I'm doing it for the family. But I wasn't there for the family. It didn't make any sense. My words weren't matching my actions. Make your words and your thoughts match your actions and be there for your family. Now, Go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward.